uh, I was talking to my wife and I said, uh, yeah, that was a really fun. I hope uh, they call me back. And then they called me 10 minutes later. I was like, yeah, I really liked their talk and they put an offer. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say after 10 minutes? Hello and welcome to the Scrimba podcast. On this weekly show, I speak with successful developers about their advice on learning to code and getting your first junior dev job. I'm Alex and today I'm joined by a recently hired developer and Scrimba student by the name of Anthony. Anthony worked at an aquarium and went from knowing very little code to being hired as a full-time junior developer in 364 days, which is quite remarkable, isn't it? Almost one year to the day later, Anthony was hired. It's interesting because when Anthony decided he was ready to start applying for jobs, things felt quite bleak at first. Like maybe he jumped the gun and wasn't ready. But just 35 days later, after rapidly and intelligently tweaking his approach based on what worked and what didn't, he received a formal offer. All the interviews I had, they always mentioned that, yeah, I really liked your resume and your project. I was like, okay, that seemed to work a lot. Because I started applying for jobs the 1st of February and I got two or three rejections. I was like, okay, I need to do something different. I'm really happy you get to learn from Anthony's experience as some of the things he learned will definitely help you too. You are listening to the Scrimba podcast. Let's get into it. I started off like most people do looking on YouTube and thinking, hmm, it looks interesting to maybe make a simple website. And then I didn't do anything for, I think, a year and a half. And then through my job at Sea Life, they started making a new website. So they totally new website from the ground up with the help of a, of a CMS. So I just got the, like a big file with all placeholder images and everything and just started populating that. So that's a bit how I got in touch with building websites, but totally not writing my own code or anything. Sea Life is like an aquarium, right? What did you do there? Were you like on the tech side or more of the venue side? Uh, no, it's just a really small team. So everyone has a multiple tasks and there was some changes in, in the company and they were like yeah we need somebody to uh do the website and i was like yeah sure I'll, I'll give it a try oh wow yeah i was already doing some of the design so i was doing a lot of like school posters and banners and wall stickers and stuff like that so i was kind of familiar with photoshop and everything but it's totally different to i don't know to build a website of course but i also i, I think i get the hang of this just watch some tutorials and take step by step and that's a bit uh how it went in the beginning. But that was only a two-month process, I think. Two two months to get the website up and running. It was the end uh, of 2020. And I started Scrimba in, let me see, 2021 in April. So I had a, a bit of tutorial hell and everything in between from December to April. So I watched, loved YouTube. I did the free code camp. They also have the HTML, CSS part. It was okay. It, it was nice uh, to get started with it and get a bit acquainted with HTML, writing own code and how everything works. But what really helped me a lot was the front-end career path of Scrimba. That really gave me the structure I think I needed and motivation to keep going because you have all the lessons and everything. I'm just wondering, was your goal at the beginning to like become a professional web developer and like change your career? Or was it just something you stumbled into and you found interesting as the opportunities presented themselves? Uh, well, it was really the idea to, I wanted to have a job change in a year, which almost, well, it's, it's, it's funny because the 24th of April, I started Scrimba and I started my new job the 25th. So it's one day. No way. But my goal was really to get in one year, I want to be a, a hireable developer or at least find a starting job. 
because I really uh, there's those few months of playing with code and trying all the different frameworks and reading a lot of stuff. I was like, okay, yes, I think this can be a new uh, hobby of mine. And then I thought, oh, I maybe would like to do this as a job, especially seeing all the different things you can do with it. There's so many different roads you can take. And yeah, I was like, let's give it a try. Let's, let's start. Were you confident that you could become successful at it? No, not at all. Not at all. I'm still, now. even though I was hired, I still have the imposter syndrome pretty strong, which I don't think it goes away because there's always so much to learn. You think, oh, how am I ever going to do this? There's so much to know. Then you think, okay, I think I got this under control. Then there's a whole different framework or different thing. You're like, oh my, how, now I have to learn NPM. How do I start this? There's always something new to learn, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. What helped me the most is keeping a tight schedule, like every evening, because I work four days a week. So I only have time in the evening and sometimes in between when my son goes to sleep in the afternoon. But I really had like, okay, every day, at least two hours a day, I'm going to do the scrimba and read some documentation. That was the goal. So I had a, like an alarm on my phone around eight o'clock in the evening. I started to open up my laptop and just started working and studying and just kept at it. I feel like that consistency is so important. I mean, you know, there's always something new to learn about web development. Um, it's only worse when you're starting out because there's so much more in front of you. And so it sounds to me like you just broke it down into what you can control. You know, the smallest, arguably simplest step. You know, I'm going to sit in front of my computers between now and then, and I'm just going to try. And if you do that long enough, you'll be surprised at how much progress you really make. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, especially what's nice with the structured lessons, you can always just, if you're a bit tired at the end, you just go back the next day, start two lessons back and keep that pattern just ramming in all the knowledge or trying to keep the repetition going, which really helped a lot. And I really, I wish I, I knew this in the beginning, I really wish I didn't try to learn everything because there's so much information. Like then you get a blog and a newsletter and it's like, you have to know this or top five tips to become a front-end developer. Like, oh no, I have to learn this as well. How am I ever going to fit this in? Yeah, throw in a few crash courses and top 10 articles and that's the recipe for being overwhelmed. I think. Yeah, so just learn the basic at first, basic, basic, basics, and then start expanding on that. You mentioned that with Scrimba, you liked the structure. What does that mean exactly? Well, you start really with the basics, like HTML, CSS, or I believe the first lesson is you make like a small app with the JavaScript, which of course I guess. I was okay with the HTML and the CSS. I could make a small box and color it. This is really the basics. That's all the, the knowledge I had. And I was like, oh, I was always like afraid of adding JavaScript. So I was like, oh, okay, no, okay, JavaScript. Okay, here we go. But you don't have a choice because you have the structure. Like, okay, first HTML, CSS, JavaScript. And I was like, okay, sit down, learn JavaScript. And I was like, okay, baby steps, baby steps. Just get to know the how to manipulate the DOM and all the, the basic stuff, and then you can, you can dig deeper, deeper, deeper. What I like is the structure of first the HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and then you, you make a project. And that's that's the real big difference, which really changed my learning experience, the, the projects. And that's also what helped me, I think, get the most job invites. And really the biggest thing that helped is starting a blank file and rewrite. I believe Bob, uh, Bob Zerol from the React courses said this a lot. He just start with a blank file and start over again. See if you remember like the ultimate test, which is a bit, you get sweaty hands, but it's really worth it at the end for your learning process. Because I was like, okay. And after five times or something, okay, I think I can do this. And that really gives you confidence and really helps you uh, in the long run, I believe. 
I think you've hit the nail on the head and I can imagine people listening, nodding along as they listen along because you're, you're absolutely right. Like you're learning to code and then you learn about all these different technologies and frameworks and you get all this advice. And what happens is you sometimes like skip steps and maybe that feels quick in the moment because you feel like you're progressing and covering a lot of ground. But if you're not covering the fundamentals, that means you're probably going to have to go back to the beginning at some point and almost struggle unnecessarily because you won't be making a sort of linear progress now. You'll be kind of going back and forth and you know up and down, so to speak. And that's one thing we really try and address with the career path is it's somewhat opinionated. Like at some point we say, okay, now it's time to learn React. But at that point, you should have already um, been exposed to all the foundational stuff like HTML, CSS, the basics of JavaScript, like you said, accessing and manipulating the DOM. And I guess the opinionated part is like, you know, you pick React in this case. But the truth is like there's fair demand for all those different front-end frameworks and libraries you know, they're all equally capable for the most part. Like whatever you can do with Angular, you can probably do with React, but it creates this kind of analysis paralysis for new developers that doesn't actually help them. You know, Bob is incredibly hands-on, isn't he? Like he won't let you finish the module until you've actually proved to yourself that you understand and remember it. And at that point, you can go on to the next module. For sure, because I, I finished the career path the first time and then I went back because he renewed the React course. It's like, okay, that's, that's a good practice, you know? And then all the challenges help you so much especially the fetch requests to calling an API. Okay, that really helps a lot. Writing it six times in a row, a different challenge. Okay, this is a good way to learn the code, learning all the syntax and just learning in general, I think. Coming up on the Scrimba podcast, how Anthony hacked his productivity by setting a deadline. You can keep going with projects, making and changing the background and adding a gradient animation or whatever. I was like, okay, no, it's fine. It works. Put it on GitHub, next project. All that to come and more. But first, I'd like to ask that if you are enjoying this episode, that you use your podcast app to leave a review or a comment on the Scrimba podcast. It's a small thing, but it really helps support the show. If your app does not support that, or maybe you've done it already, thank you. Anthony and I would love it if you shared this episode with your friends in your community or on social media. That would be awesome. Next week, I'm talking with the one, the only Kevin Powell about CSS and CSS4, if you can believe it. Kevin is a bit of a CSS ledge and a Scrimba teacher. I first started with making websites and anything like that back when I was in high school, near the end of high school, which would be the late 90s. So the web was a very different place back then. And every time I'd sort of come back, it would be like, oh, things have changed a little bit. Like now we have CSS can do more than it could. We don't use like the center element anymore or the font size and all of that. Like now we're doing it like this. And then so it was always sort of like, come back, refresh, see all the new things that are going on. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast as not to miss it. Back to the interview with Anthony. So you mentioned that you pretty much got a job in like what, one day more or less of a year. That's just incredible actually. When did you start to feel ready to apply to jobs and what was your kind of strategy for getting your first junior developer job, Anthony? I read a lot of articles and I, I finished the um, getting hired section. So I made a LinkedIn, I made my portfolio website. And what really helped me and made me feel confident was making my own projects and having them on my website and on my LinkedIn for people to watch. And eventually I also put those two on my resume because I don't have any experience as a programmer or as a front-end developer. So I was like, okay, I need to show them I can do something. So I made these mobile screen grabs in a Figma file and totally 
you know, made a bit of a, a flashy design, almost half the page with a small description of what I did and what I used. And that's what gave me the most confidence. And really, all the interviews I had, they all, always mentioned, that, yeah, I really liked your resume and your projects. And, and I was like, okay, that seemed to work a lot because I got rejected. I started the 1st of February uh, applying for jobs and I got two or three rejections, like a few emails. I was like, oh yeah, oh, no, we're, we thought uh, we're looking for somebody else or their education level is not good enough for what we're looking for. I was like, okay, I, I need to do something different. So then I said, okay, I really have to push and show them, okay, I can do something. I can make a project. I can work with new frameworks. And I think that's the, the, the biggest reason I got a lot of attention, especially with the recruiters, because I just started, I got pretty, uh, not depressed, but I got like, okay, this is going to be way harder than I thought. I, I was ready to apply for half a year and then I really would get desperate. But then I just started looking for the recruiters on LinkedIn and just mailing everybody all the jobs, all the companies that were looking hiring, I would just send my resume and really fine-tuning my motivation letter and my resume a bit helped a lot as well. I wouldn't do that always, but the company I really liked, I was like, oh yes, I really have to put in an extra effort. And I always get a positive response and, or at least get a phone call and like, hey, yeah, we'd like to uh, set up a meeting or have a little talk. And that really helped a lot. When you actually like demonstrate, you put some effort into the application and even a little bit of heart, dare I say, just because you really are passionate about development and breaking into tech, people feel a bit obligated to reply. They're like, wow, I mean, there's the least I can do is like schedule a quick call and give Anthony the, the benefit of the doubts, right? And just, you know, try our best to find a good reason to work together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You need that first call just to, to get their attention, get your foot in the door. And I was like, okay, I just need, need a first response. And then maybe if I can talk to them, I can show them I'm really enthusiastic and I really want to learn and I want to move along with my learning process. And I hope I can be a valuable asset to their company. Did you ever get any sorts of interesting replies from the companies you didn't put a lot of effort into the cover letter for? Yes, I did. But then there were really small companies or starting up and really really desperate for people. So they're really just wanting someone to hire. And it was also a lot less fun development work. A lot was just really writing only the HTML and then sending it to somebody else, which is okay to learn, I think. But I, I was really hoping I could do something because I really enjoyed writing CSS and now I'm really into Next and React. I really want to do something with that. So I was looking at stacks or places where they were looking for somebody to fill that role, but I got okay responses. The best response I really got from fine-tuning uh, my uh, application, they really had a lot of response, especially from the recruiters. Just one night I was up, I think till three o'clock, four o'clock, just banging out emails. I think I sent over a hundred. Now I think, okay, that wasn't necessary at all. I just sent two a day at least, and that's fine. If you look something up you like and you think, okay, I, I think I can be a nice fit for this job. But that's the thing as well. I was looking at React jobs and a lot of them were seniors, seniors, you know, I was like, oh, I'm never going to be uh, up to that. So it got me a bit um, demotivated in the beginning, but I was like, okay, there, there must be something. Because there's so much jobs at the moment in front-end development work. Like every every day I would get an email from LinkedIn, there are 40 new jobs in your neighborhood. I was like, okay. There must be something in it for me, a starting, a starting position. And yeah, it's also maybe lucky where you live, or where your location is. I'm in the, in the busy part of the Netherlands, so it could be a factor as well. I like what you say about sort of pacing yourself. Um, I don't know if you or anybody listening can relate to this, um, but say you're looking for a new apartment because your lease is coming up to an end or something. 
if you can start looking for a place like months in advance and just do a couple of viewings a week and send out some emails, like that's quite a leisurely pace and you can find success and you have the security of like already having a house, right? But then if you let it get to the very end and you've now got this like really bad pressure about, oh my gosh, I need to find someone new. I'm going to stay up until 3 a.m. looking at places, making a list. You know, it's going to affect the, you know, it's just this idea that if you can take it a little bit more deliberately and approach it a bit more deliberately, um, you will find success, but you'll be kind of happier in the process. Tell us about the job that you got. Like, what was that like? Did they reply to you and, you know, invite you to an interview? Where did you go from there? I was talking with three companies at the end and did the assessment from one, which was a pretty big company in the Netherlands. But the job, the role was a lot less exciting as the one I got now because it was just making JavaScript modules and making animation. And that was it. All the commercials or the ads on the pages. And it was pretty funny, actually, how I got the job I got hired for because it was a LinkedIn. Uh, somebody had a now we're hiring. So I just applied I first checked their website. I was like, what's this company doing? What, what are they about? And okay, this looks like a nice place to work, a fun young company. And I applied and I got called, I believe, two days after I sent a message. They're like, yeah, we're really excited to have a meeting with you. So I was like, okay, cool. Uh, I'll have a meeting. And then on the day of the meeting, somebody got COVID uh, at her office. <laughs> so it got cancelled and got moved to a, just a Zoom meeting. But it was really a really nice chat. I had a, with two people who were interviewing me and I had some technical questions and a bit of my journey and how I got into a web development and the things I knew, my, my knowledge a bit. But it's, that's also a thing that really scared me a bit or not scared me, but made me nervous because every company has such different questions and different skills they're looking for, even though it's not mentioned in the job description. I was really nervous already. It was a really nice, relaxed chat. Just chatted for an hour and a half, I believe. And it was a really fun job. I really felt nice. I was like, okay, that's really one of the best interviews I had so far. And then uh, I was talking to my wife and I said, uh, yeah, that was a really fun. I hope uh, they call me back because we made a meeting uh, or they, they would send me an email about the next meeting. And then they called me 10 minutes later. I was like, yeah, I really liked our, we liked the talk. And the two guys knew each other. And I was like, yeah, we really think you'll be an asset to the team. And they put an offer. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I really would like to uh, work with you guys. Wait, 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 wait. Did you say after 10 minutes? What? Yeah, after 10 minutes uh, of the meeting, they called me back on the phone. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. I was really, really happy. Really happy. I really didn't expect it at all. I had my phone also on mute because I was in the Zoom meeting. So I had everything turned off, no vibration. And it was lying on the kitchen table. And she was like, oh, they're calling you again. I was like, oh, they already rejected me because <laughs> it didn't go so well. So I was like, oh, man, okay, yes, here we go. That's what I would think as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So, hey, yeah, it's Anthony. But then we're like, yeah, we're really excited. I was like, oh, wow. That couldn't have gone any better, actually. Oh, man. Well done. That's incredible. And fair play to them as well, because that sounded like they could just rely on their gut feeling. And obviously their gut feeling that you would be a great asset to the team. What does the company do exactly? Well, they're a printing company and they have a lot of different startups. They have a few websites already up and running and they're going to totally uh, redo their websites and everything from the ground up. So it's going to be a, a new GraphQL database and a Next.js website. So they're totally starting everything up with a, with a team. So I'm one of the designers on the front end part. Yeah. So I'm writing Next.js and all the fun stuff. Yeah. It might be hard for you to say, because I, I happen to know you're not starting for a few more weeks, but will you be working like alongside a graphics designer, for example, and helping to like code up the HTML and CSS? Yeah. 
Oh, nice. That's very fun, isn't it? Because you, you kind of collaborate. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And also hired a new uh, UI, uh, UX developer. And they have a lot of cool uh, tickets now open for design and everything. So I get, get started right away with a lot of cool tasks. So I really uh, look forward to starting. And yeah, you just said earlier in the episode how Next.js is something you're interested in. So it sounds like you're going to have an opportunity to master it at this new role. Yeah, yeah, I really hope so. When you got the offer, were you tempted at all to negotiate? Uh, well, not really. I, I just um, I said uh, my salary for my current job, and they were like, "Okay, yeah, sure." And I just told them I really don't want to. I know it's a starting position, but I'm, I have I have a kid and a family, and I really would, wouldn't like to start lower. So if it's possible, the same would be okay, or even a bit less, because I really want to start my new career. And they were like, fine. And they put in a nice offer. I was like, okay, yeah, I don't mind that salary at all. As a starting position, I'm really, really, really happy with the offer I got. I would feel the same way, Anthony, to be honest. Like, you need a long-term mindset, don't you? And as long as you can support your family and, you know, have a good quality of life that allows you to be productive, right? But then this is just the beginning, isn't it? Like, where you go from here, there's no ceiling. And once you have that on your resume and you have this genuine experience under your belt, you're going to learn so much from the designers and the other developers on the team. Most people, when you zoom out far enough, their career is like a series of stepping stones and you just have to, you know, get on that first stone and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, I also uh, was hoping for a junior role because a lot of companies now have, yeah, you only work one day at the office and the rest is through Teams or Google. And I really, I know the best way to learn is just to sit next to another program or and ask because uh, I always have tons of questions and I really was hoping I could find a nice team I can join and learn a lot from. So that was a, a great fit as well. Will you work full-time in the office then or is it like a hybrid situation? Just the first few weeks, I'm going to be at the office and then they have a whole package that you can work at home. So that's uh, that's nice as well. So you get to choose on the day, basically. Yeah. And also really like I, I always used to work not every weekend, but every other weekend I work now. And that's really nice as well. It's just an office job. So also holidays, I'm now off and the weekends I'm off. So that's really a, a nice change. Oh, I get it. So like at SeaWorld, you, you said you worked four days a week. And I assume then in your contract, there weren't like um, just holiday days and sick days and things like that. But now you've moved on to a true full-time contract. You have so many more benefits. Yeah. Because normally when it's holiday, I'm, I'm working more. And when it's, uh, when it's school holiday, I'm working more. So it's a different world. It's interesting this conversation has shifted a bit towards compensation and things, um, because to be honest, like holiday days and sick days, these are the things that matter as well as like how much you get paid. And if you're coming from a sort of like other industry where maybe this isn't so common, and I have lots of friends who, who do similar jobs, by the way, who, you know, struggle with this exact same thing. And I've also heard from people who've become developers how one of their favorite things is just the stability and predictability of it, whilst also getting to work on meaningful problems that excite them and help challenge them every day you know needless to say i think you're you're in a really great place yeah really i really feel lucky i'm really that it, that it worked out at the end because i was pretty nervous i was telling everybody yeah, i really want to get it between in a year and then the new year was and i was like okay only a few months left so i put a bit of pressure on myself which wasn't necessary at all because i'm not at all unhappy at my current job so i could just apply to jobs for six months but i really thinks it's useful to have a deadline and a pretty strict one because otherwise it just keeps going and I was like oh yeah I'll try I'll try Angular or I'll try Vue and learn this next time or and then just keeps on going and you keep postponing your education and work. I do think having that goal is important because it helps align you. Yeah definitely it really helps a lot especially with my resume because I really put way too much effort and work into my first one that I'd send out only maybe 20 times or 
15, I think. Uh, it was also too big, I think. I made it three pages with a QR symbol. They can scan to view my GitHub if they didn't. I was like, okay, that's way too over-engineered. So, and then I just made one pager with a photo and the skills I had and which frameworks I can work with, my current job, the job I had before, and my projects. And that was it. And yeah, that only took me, I believe, only three hours or two hours. And the other one took me, I think, a week or something combined. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you heard of this thing called the 80-20 rule? Sometimes it's called Pareto principle. Yeah, that's really what I did at the end, especially with my projects, because you can keep going with making and changing the background and adding a gradient animation or whatever. I was like, okay, no, it's fine. It works. Put it on GitHub. Next project. I really think this is something you realize once you found success. You're like, oh, maybe I didn't need to put so much effort into that. Or like, oh, maybe my time would have been better spent elsewhere. And therefore, maybe I could have found success sooner and been happier sooner or whatever. It is true. The Pareto principle just says that you get like 80% of the outcome from 20% of your effort, right? So if you just do a first pass on a resume, use a template, do your best, watch a couple of YouTube videos, it's going to get you like 80% of the results, even though you only spent 20% of the possible time on it. And um, if you continue to optimize it, right, it's not going to make a huge difference, right? It'll go from 80 to 85%. And this probably won't be the thing that changes your outcome, honestly. And also remember that you can always increment things, right? And iterate on, sorry. Yeah, same with the gear. I, I read all these things, best laptop for programming, best monitor. And I was like, no, I used to play uh, guitar and bass guitar and everything. And then you always get a hook. Oh, I need this pedal. I need this. And that's really something I learned from that. You, you don't need anything. You just need the basics. You just need to put in the time. Just sit and write and try to make your own projects and make it a bit stand out. Don't make a to-do list and put it on your resume. I mean, you can if you don't have that much projects, but in my case, it was best to make a bit of a, a niche project that was like, okay, what's this? Why would you use this ever? And that got me the most questions also in the job interviews. You can think about gear and equipment all day, every day, right? And in the programming world, yeah, okay, maybe it's a keyboard or a monitor, but more likely it's a framework or a library. Like, do I learn Angular? Do I learn Vue? Do I learn Android? Do I learn web? But at the end of the day, it's just procrastination. It's kind of easy to deliberate those things compared to actually doing the hard work. Is there any sort of advice you could offer to anybody listening who is just a little bit behind you maybe on their front-end web development journey? That not only watching YouTube videos, which totally help, but really only watch YouTube videos on the current subject you're working on or just trying to learn. Same with documentation. What really helped me a lot was just reading the MDM page on, I don't know, arrays and just going over all the functions. And I'm like, okay, then you can use it in the evening or the day after. And what helped me at the end was the, the new React documentation, the beta docs, I believe, because it's really interactive. It has challenges and everything. And just if you're going to make your own project, really make something you're passionate about. That really helps to stick to it and keep building it. We will definitely link the React docs and your projects as well so people can draw a bit of inspiration from them in the show notes. Anthony, thank you so much for joining me on the Scrimba podcast. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, good luck, everybody. That was Anthony from the Netherlands. Thank you for listening. If you've made it this far, you might want to subscribe for more helpful and uplifting episodes with recently hired juniors like Anthony and industry experts alike. As a reminder, I'm speaking with Kevin Powell next week about CSS in what will be episode 62 of the Scrimba podcast. You can also tweet me, your host, Alex Booker, and share what lessons you learned from the episode so I can thank you personally for tuning in. My Twitter handle, along with Scrimba's, is in the show notes. See you next week.